0: Welcome to our first All Stars of Turf presentation for 2024, sponsored once again by Foley and Air2G2. We thank them for their continued support. Our honoree today is Patrick H. Sisk, CGCS, Career Superintendent of the Highest Order, athlete, marathoner, inventor, entrepreneur and currently embarking on another project that we will discuss today.
1: Welcome, Pat. Well, thank you, Peter. That was a very flattering introduction. Um, I, I I I don't feel worthy. I, I, I've watched uh, all of the All-Star series and quite hey, humbled the company.
0: It's all true. All true. Yeah. So we first uh, met one another, I'm guessing, back in... 1995 or so when uh, you were on the board of the Met and I was John Carlone's, uh commercial rep to the board. Right. Uh, that was quite a group that uh, that year. I know John Jennings was on there and Tony Girardi and of course uh, um, of course John carlone and and some other guys. it was uh, it was quite an experience oh. for
1: me. O'Keefe maybe, was around and all sorts oh, of all sorts of a wealth of talent on that board, boy. I I wow, those those were some those are some leaders right there.
0: No doubt about it.
1: So why don't you
0: give us a uh, brief overview of uh your education, how you got into the business, uh career track, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Uh, I, I I grew up on a in a small town on the on the shoreline in Connecticut, Madison, Connecticut. Uh, where my father was a member of Madison country club. Uh, Mike Shanowski had just taken over as the superintendent there. Mike is Mike's still running the show uh, and has rebuilt that golf course numerous times over. Um, And, you know, you mentioned I was an athlete. Yeah. I played, I played football and and baseball in high school and um, I needed a summer job and I knew Mike and, and, and asked them for the job. And it it was great. It was a, it was a wonderful way to work outdoors and, and, uh, stay in shape, you know, for football season and, and have fun. You know, we were just kids maintaining a golf course. And of course our friend, John Jennings was on the crew at the time. John and I grew up together. He was a year ahead of me and throughout school. And you know, here we have Little Madison Country Club as, as quite a breeding ground of, of uh, future superintendents. I think Mike's turned out, gosh, close to a dozen in, in the years he's been there. Um, so I, I, you know, like any uh, uh, less than intelligent teenager, I, I, my priorities <laughs> were all jacked up. And I went to college. I was a football and fraternity major taking some political science classes at Wagner college on Staten Island, New York. And <clears throat> into my sophomore year, I called my father up and said, man, I'm wasting my time and your money. And I got to figure something out a different path. So, you know, I, I consulted with Mike, I consulted with John and 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 other people. And I, I really enjoyed this golf course thing. Um, so I was advised to go to, to Stockbridge school of agriculture at UMass. And that's where I headed off to. Uh, had a, had a had a had a really fun time there, uh, and that may play into part of our conversation.
0: Too much uh, fun, but we'll get
1: into that also. Yeah, of course. Um, and and Dr. Troll was was still there, and, and Dr. Cooper. There there was some overlap there, so it was it was a little tumultuous at times. Uh, you know, between the two. But I'm, I'm honored to know both men, and Dr. Troll was a wonderful mentor right up to the end for me. A wonderful advisor. Uh, I, I, I I applied for an internship at Cherry Hills Country Club in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I, I I was an East Coast kid. I'd never been west of New Jersey, and and I wanted to just go explore a little bit. Uh, and it happened to work for Dan Pearson, um, who I just spoke to about a month ago. Um, Dan then this was his first year at Cherry Hills, so that was my introduction to what I'll call big boy golf. And, and incredible architecture, although didn't quite understand golf course architecture in 1986. I don't think anybody really did. Um, it was my introduction to Swords of grass that I had never seen and, and uh, very little Paula, which was all new and exciting. And, and it, it, it began to open my eyes to the potentials of the profession.
0: Now, was this the same Dan Pearson that wound up at Wilmington? It is Dan. Dan
1: had a had a very, um, I, I I guess you'd call it a very sneaky storied career. You know, Dan Dan came to Cherry Hills from Crooked Stick. Dan's a Western Mass guy. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he's a he he's a Vietnam vet. He served our country. He he got into this profession at an age, you know, in his probably mid twenties when he uh, when he returned from the war, which was kind of the norm back then. Um, you know, turf schools typically didn't take, uh, you know, 18 year old high school kids, very few. I know Dr. Troll, when, when we sat down, when I sat down and talked with him, I kind of told him my life story and I guess he was convinced I was lumped up enough by life to, to want to make a real positive turn in the direction of where I was headed, um, but yes, Dan, Dan was at Cherry Hills for quite some time and then he and then he went to uh, Wilmington Country Club and finished his career there to managing the 36 Hole facility.
0: Sure. Now I also did not realize that you and John Jennings um had uh roots at um Madison. I, I didn't oh, yeah. realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I knew you were friendly competitors, uh to say the least.
1: Well, and, and I guess we still are while I'm not a superintendent today. Um, John, John challenges me. you know he he's he's in that circle of people that um, that, that I'll call him and they'll call they'll call bullshit when they have to. and and I and I really appreciate uh, those types of friends in my life. So from Cherry Hills you went to from Cherry Hills. I, I went back to to uh, to stockbridge finish finished my final year there. And then headed back west again to Mesa, Arizona, to Alta Mesa Country Club. Huh. And um, that's really where my life, uh, and I know we're going to get into this, so we may as well jump in. That's where my life um, took a tremendous turn. Um, I was a messed up kid. You know, I... I, I uh, I had problems with alcohol and drugs and, and not nothing. I mean on the drug side, nothing too heavy. Smoked pot. Um worked for a great guy, Tim Gavelick. I, I I believe Tim's still in the industry in some form or fashion. Um and I uh I was a messed up guy. So you were 22, 23,
0: and, something
1: like that? I was 22 years old. Um and there's a story behind it. I'll spare you at this moment. We all have; those of us in this position have some form of story. Yeah. Um, but in a moment of clarity, uh, I, I, I decided that I had to, I had to get my life together. I had to, uh, I had to get sober. And I, uh, I, I, I went in I went to meetings, and I and I uh, scratched and clawed. In retrospect, I probably would have been better off checking into a facility for some prescribed number of weeks, but I, I, I white knuckled it. And, um, and you did that on your own. <laughs> there's, a story, there's a story behind it. Um, I have, I have, uh, I have a few, um, I have a few people in my life who not, not too long before me, you know, they, they, they headed down this path of sobriety and, I, I saw that their lives were getting better. Like their lives were more manageable. They were being more productive and my, my life was headed in the, in, in an opposite direction. Um, so uh, again, in a moment of clarity and, and, and going back you know, having people in my life who, and, and I guess me being open enough to, to have people, uh, feel comfortable enough to call, to call bullshit. And, and, um, so I, I, I didn't I didn't stay in Arizona all that long, uh, less than six months. Um, because I needed to be, I, I, you know, I needed to be in a, uh, <laughs> to 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 borrow a phrase from from the vernacular of today, in a safe space. Uh, I, I headed I headed back home, mm-hmm. and I moved in with my folks, and I and I got my life together, and I went back to Madison Country Club, Mike. Mike has welcomed many a fledgling back on occasion, um, you know. And I and I learned how to I, I learned how to live life as a as a sober young man, um, and and do the work that's necessary to set the foundation for sustained sobriety. Um, and then after a few, I guess, false starts, you know, at, at, at a at a club or two, I wound up at. Country Club of Fairfield in Fairfield, Connecticut, uh, working for uh, my dear friend Ted Maddox, and and Teddy was nothing but fun to work with, and and he pushed me, and we would uh, I I love Ted like a brother. He's retired now from Equanic Golf Club in in Manchester, Vermont. Um, We're proudly his son uh, is is at the reins and then i and, and you know i worked for teddy for a little over 4 years and 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 this is this ties back to the met you know and the professionalism and 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 the people that uh, that were kind to a young guy right a young a, a young guy who was really curious who was really driven who saw a future in this profession and um Teddy would take me to the meetings. You know, you know, for, for dinner, of course. I, I wouldn't play golf. I had had to manage his golf course while I was while he was away playing. So I, I, you know, I'm I'm in the Met area, and it's the epicenter of professionalism, as far as I'm concerned, in the, in the country, and nothing but nothing but world class golf courses and world class conditions uh, everywhere you turn. Um, world class superintendents too. Well, you know, leaders, you know, I, I became friends. I became friends with uh, Mr. Moore, Sherwood Moore, uh, before he passed away. And that dude did did two stints at Wingfoot. And, um, I, you know, anyway, there was just a, this, this this wealth of knowledge and experience in that area. And I don't know how, you know, I, I'm, listen, I'm a dumb kid and left to, left to my own devices, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. But for some reason, I stuck around that area and landed my first superintendent's job at Mayo Pack Golf Club in, in Putnam County, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, a manual irrigation system. Uh, my night waterman, I, I was newly married. Gina and I were, were were newlyweds. I was commuting an hour and a half from Fairfield to mm-hmm. Mayo Pack. Gina was commuting on the train to, to Midtown Manhattan. She was in advertising. Um, we were living in this pretty cool, you know, a horse stable of all things, uh, because we had two dogs and it was the only place I could find for two dogs and overpaid for that. But regardless, you know, it was, it was a wonderful start into the profession. My night Waterman quit. I was the superintendent Night Waterman's Bray Tech uh, assistant mechanic, mechanic for periods of time. I slept on my office floor three or four nights a week. How we're still married 31 years later is beyond me. Um, That's a question many of us can ask. Right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and yeah, but then there's, um, there's really
0: no better learning tool than having to do it all, though, right?
1: No, and, I, and, I, and, and, and truth be told, you know, we had the luxury, and, and John and I have talked about this, we had the luxury of coming up at a time in the profession where we had to do it all. You know, we didn't have these um, specialists on, on on our teams that we have today. So we had to <laughs> Ted, again, Teddy. I love him. Uh, in the winter, we were all like the assistant mechanics, right? And uh, and I'm I remember distinctly rebuilding, uh, uh, beginning to rebuild a a, a Toro GM three cutting unit. Uh, how many blades did that thing have, Peter? I mean, back Eight. in the oh. okay, right? And that Eight. was fancy. The Jacobson had nine. Right there, you go, and. Um, I had a question for Ted and he was in one of he was in one of his moods and I'm certain he doesn't remember this, but I do. Uh, I asked him a question, he stomped over to the bookshelf where he had all the manuals, and he pulls down the manual and he just throws it at me and he says, Look it up. And I I chuckled and went off and smoked a cigarette and, and I looked it up and I figured it out. And so we, we had to fix the irrigation. We had to we were fortunate enough and we were naive enough um, to, to really not know what we were learning. Uh, but boy, did we learn. So, you know, carry that forward. And here I am in my, in my first job. And, uh, you know, I, I was 27, 28 years old at the time. And, um, now I'm in charge of this facility and I, I was only there for about 18 or 20 months. Cause, uh, uh on July 4th of, uh, uh, 1994. Teddy called me, which was not unusual. We, we spoke pretty regularly. and he said, "I'm I'm, I'm moving to Vermont. Uh, I, I'm going to Equonic, and and of course, you know, my my mind's racing. I got to get back to Fairfield, and well, Fairfield put me through the process. I applied for the job. They put me through the process, and and um, and I and I earned the position back. I earned the superintendent's position. and was able to move back to Country Club of Fairfield. Um nice. and you know, did I do the greatest job uh, in the interview? I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hang myself. Obviously, uh, my my tenure there prior as the assistant. I'm not a particularly shy individual, um, and I developed relationships with the members and and. You know that that probably played a, a major role into them feeling comfortable to bring me back, and we did some cool stuff. You know, while we were there, I was I wasn't there as the superintendent very long, um, only only six years. Um, but at that time, our, our, our boy Jennings moves back from upstate New York, and he's at the Patterson Club. And for about five years, you know, the friendly competitor. Uh, for about five years, we we worked. Five miles away from each other, and if I had a problem, John would come down and help me out. And if he had a problem, I'd, I'd reciprocate. Uh, we, we'd meet for lunch regularly and talk, and uh, it, it was a fun time. It was, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was a different profession then. It was a different business. I, I don't know how to explain it uh, in, in retrospect. It, we were putting tremendous pressure on ourselves collectively in, in, in the Met area to, it was kind of unspoken. You know, we sat, and and you sat in the boardroom, we all sat in that boardroom and wonderful people and they'd give you the shirts off their backs, but we all wanted to outdo each other. Um, the cool thing was there were very few secrets and the, the, the free flow share of information, which continues to this day is, um, it's very unique to to the superintendents world. Uh, so I'm 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 at Fairfield and and hosted the, the the Connecticut Open, which was you know that was huge for me at the time. I was 29 30 years old and and there was a lot of weather involved, and it, it was a real pain in the neck event. But we pulled it off. I had a tremendous tremendous crew and. They were all kids. Right? We hired high school kids, college kids, um, and and they 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 took a lot of pride in their jobs. And and maybe that comes from the top, you know. And maybe that comes from the leadership. Teddy Teddy took a lot of pride in his golf course, and and we did. And I'd like to think I portrayed the same. Um, now you mentioned fun, yeah.
0: And I will wholeheartedly agree with you that. You know, the golf course, golf turf business in the nineties was fun. That's a hell of a lot more fun than it is today, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned the competitive the competitiveness and the competitive pressure, if you will, amongst you guys at the superintendent level, that's very different than the pressures coming from above at, you know, the board level or the owner level or the golfer level or whatever it happens to be in terms of expectations and all that kind of stuff. I'm guessing that that has a lot to do with the fund factor or lack thereof.
1: Well, I think there's two <clears throat> there's two components to this. Uh, you know, you mentioned the pressure. Um, I think I speak for many uh, w- when I say that nobody has put more pressure on me than I've put on myself um, I think ultimately I was probably chasing something that was unattainable um, which led to a decreased level of fun uh, don't get me wrong I, I I enjoyed the profession right up to right up to the bitter end when I resigned from, and I'm certain we'll get there. Long Meadow Country Club in Western Mass. This past summer, um, I, I, I guess I just realized I was done, uh, and I don't know how to explain it in any other fashion. I, I I'm, I'm very proud of the career that I that I enjoyed. Um, thinking back to the young men in Mesa, Arizona, I way overachieved. <laughs> uh, but in the words of my late father, you know, tremendous man, my hero on a lot of levels, I, I, I guess I created my own luck. Um, so it was fun. It was fun back then because we, we still met on a monthly basis, right? We played golf. And, um, you know, while while there wasn't a tremendous, you know, there, there's some trepidation about leaving your property. There were a couple of days, I, I was the tournament chairman for the Met for a few years, and uh, there, there were two days in particular, uh, one we fondly refer to as Black Monday. It was in 1985 or 1995 or six, the, the tropical weather and all of a sudden the humidity just drops. And the course we're playing on, I, I can't remember where, you can see it's starting to get a little stressed. And as, as, as you're looking around the golf course, you see guys just bailing, you know, going back home, you know, to put fires out. Um, so, but, but it wasn't, you know, like the next day, people are on the phone with each, with each other. How'd you do? How'd you, you know, how's your, how's your course? And what do you need? And, you know, there, there was a lot of camaraderie. Um, that wasn't fun. You know, there were a couple of days that weren't fun. We also didn't have necessarily the the, uh, the wealth of resources that that we enjoy today in the profession: funding, um, equipment, irrigation systems, technology, deeper staffs. We, we, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily only a handful of, of clubs really were on the cutting edge. The balance of us were were ham and egging it and trying to make the best of what we had with what we had um well you know pushing the envelope as best we could with our with our clubs but um you know you look at you look at the irrigation systems of today i've been fortunate so 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 i'm at Mayo pack golf club manual irrigation system i pitched the club on installing an automated irrigation system uh it was a royal coach buckner impact double row block system um, that i could operate from a computer Whoa. And 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 uh I haven't heard that brand
0: name Royal Coach in ages. You know,
1: why did we go that route the Toro was rival? You know why? Because we did it for under five hundred thousand dollars installed. Yeah. And uh I didn't have to be the night waterman anymore. And the club had, I, I, I believe, they're in the process of finally of, of replacing that system. I don't know how it's still operating all these years later, but it is, or at least was. Um, so anyway, I'm, I, I'm at Fairfield and I'm six years in, and, and we had our second child, and I can start to see uh, the 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 uh, the uh, potential of a really cool golf course, right? Or at least a really cool setting. And wonderful, wonderful membership. And, and my vision, I think was probably um, exceeding their desires to to spend and disrupt and do all these things necessary to, to, to raise the level of a facility. Uh, so I, I guess I became a little bit bored and didn't see the next mountain. I, I, I've always enjoyed challenges, right? I, I, crossword puzzles, r- marathoning, running. You know, we'll get into that. Um, getting sober, staying sober. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for my next challenge, and, and I, I get a call from this Milwaukee Country Club, and I knew all I knew it was a top 100, and it was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and. Um, I, I ultimately we 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 packed up our young family uh two kids uh, Liza was three or four at the time Patrick was two at the time we headed a thousand miles west and funny enough just before that we kind of go back to Jennings again uh nine months prior John got the job at Chicago golf you know so that was I, I guess we are competitors right so
0: well, there yeah. there
1: was some friendly speculation back at the day that that
0: that John's move um, from Patterson Club to uh, Chicago Golf perhaps spurred you on to go
1: to uh, Milwaukee as well. Well, yeah, because anything you can if I can do better, um, <laughs> and and it did, you know, it it did, and and here we're probably the only two guys. That left the Met area, right? Because again, going back to the epicenter of awesomeness, yeah. and um, the I, epicenter I, of awesomeness, right? Yeah, you know, okay. I, 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 I'm not a very patient man, and um, could I have waited it out for some of the jobs that we're all aware of that 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 turned over in that time? Probably but I saw an opportunity and I jumped on it. And let me tell you, um, the the move to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee Country Club was in retrospect, and it didn't take me long to figure this out, was one of the greatest moves I made in my career from a professional standpoint and from a family standpoint. Uh, Raising a family in that environment was spectacular. for, for, for any number of reasons I, I, I love Connecticut we were living in Fairfield Fairfield Connecticut uh really high pressure uh societally the Midwest was is a, is a little more laid back you're the one who you're the one who told me Peter. the AF factor I'll, I'll keep it PG at this time the AF factor uh, uh, uh drops precipitously you know the farther west you move at least to wow, a point. you
0: were in the epicenter.
1: I was I was in the episode <laughs> for sure. Um, so here I go to Milwaukee Country Club. It's right in the background here. That was the, the membership gave me that as, uh, upon departure, um, and I'm shocked I got the job. I want to know the truth because I, I walked the course the night before. Um, John drove up from Chicago. We went out to dinner. We strategized. You know, we we, we huddled up and came up with a game plan for the next day, my interview. And I, I, I watched it and I told them, um, you know, how bad their golf course was. And, uh, it, it, it's no indictment of my, uh, of the gentleman that I replaced, you know, he did what he could do, uh, given the resources and given, given the time. And I guess we'll get to that in a moment. Um, uh, but it was, it, it was time for a change. And, and, uh, the gentleman before me uh, re- retired. There was no animus. There, was, he had a wonderful career. Uh, he was sixty-five years old. He he retired. He was he was in a position to, and boy, tip of the hat to that. Um, so uh, we, we spent the next eighteen years in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We had our third child, Georgia, and uh, so all the kids, all the kids were raised in the Midwest. Funny enough, when they started heading off to college and 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 doing their own thing. They trended toward the East Coast. All their cousins are here. and So ultimately, 18 years later, um, I'm looking at potential for the golf course and the members' desires to disrupt. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to happen, and I was looking for my next mountain to climb, um, so to speak. There, there were a few job opportunities in the interim, and, and uh, I passed on some. I missed on some. Um, But but that's the nature of the game. And and, uh, I I got a call from Longmeadow Country Club in in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, just outside of Springfield. And um, it's a really cool old Donald Ross course that was woefully undermanaged. So I moved back home. And uh, Gina's, my wife's from Boston, so we live an hour and 15 minutes from Gina's folks, and we live an hour and 15 minutes from my mom now. And you know, here I am at this golf course, thinking—I uh, I should say—Gina and Georgia stayed back in Wisconsin for for twenty months, eighteen months. We wanted Georgia to finish high school out there, so there was some disruption in life, and I, I, I miss my family, and perhaps they miss me. I don't know. They probably found a little solace in in, in the quietness. Um, and, and then, and then my dad, his health really started to fail. And this is all when COVID was kicking off and, you know, the, the, uh, the, the uh, disruption to the world during that period of, um, I'll keep it PJ, during that period. So my dad's health is failing and, 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 and I, I have five siblings, I love them all. My my brothers and sisters, and uh, I I was the guy that took dad to the to the doctor's appointments. He he couldn't drive at the time; his eyesight was failing, uh, amongst other things. But I t- I took him to the doctor uh, so I could take notes. I didn't say a word uh, so I could take notes and report back to my siblings what the doctor said, rather than my father's interpretation of what the doctor said. Sure. Uh, so. a lot of stories involved in here, but the short is after being a thousand miles away for 18 years, uh, I got to spend the last 11 months with my, of my dad's life with him on a near daily basis. Um, it's a gift that it's awesome that golf gave me, right. It's my life has revolved around golf. I suck at the game. I used to be, I used to be pretty decent. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm unique in, in, from a superintendent's perspective that uh, the longer I was in the gig, the less desire I had to go play. You know, I was working 12, 14 hours a day as a good, dutiful superintendent would. Um, and, and you know, maybe someday I'll start playing again. I, I I go out with my son on occasion. The dude can hit it. He was a baseball player. He, he's taken up golf now. Um, and And I still suck. Uh, I don't really have a desire to work on my game, but maybe someday I will.
0: I suck so bad I quit twenty, <laughs> almost 24 years ago. Yeah. I haven't played yeah. any more than one hole at a time since.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but golf is still centric to our life, right? And It is. And um, there are many ways to enjoy it.
0: I've always said that I love golf courses I love the guys that grow the grass but I have
1: no use for the game it's just yeah. the way it is yeah that's the way it is I, I enjoy the I enjoy the art of the golf course i i, I really ultimately that's what what turned me on right the the <clears throat> the architecture and we didn't know what the hell architecture was in the in the 80s and early 90s we you know uh, but learning about the lineage of golf courses and studying these guys and Getting to meet people. I, I I saw one of the previous all-stars it was uh Sean Tully. What an encyclopedia of knowledge. Uh and 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 Tully, Tully's a Wisconsin guy, as a matter of fact. And Tully and I got to know each other. And, I didn't know that.
0: Well,
1: boy, oh boy, you know, you want to you want an answer on 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 a, a golf course lineage, you go to Tully. You know, you can research it all you want, or you can just make one call. One call, that's all. Um and wow. here you have. This this true encyclopedia of, of knowledge. So, so here I am. So, I, you know, I, I, this past summer I I, I made a decision, and, and this was a long time coming. Um, I made a decision to to bet on myself, and to um, I, I see voids, I, I I see needs in the profession. Uh, I I I guess I should preface what what I'm about to say with I love to work. I really, I love to get up in the morning. I love the dignity of work. Uh, I love earning. I still need to earn. Um, daughter A, in your parlance, uh, my daughter A, uh, she was recently engaged to a wonderful, wonderful guy, nice. and uh, I got to stash away a few bucks for that day. Um, but that's all right. She deserves whatever I can, whatever I can help her with. Um. So I I, I took a bet on myself and and, um, while I load the word consultant, I I guess that's kind of what I'm doing, right? I'm I'm helping clubs with, I'm helping clubs and and businesses and we'll get to my latest project, um, solve problems, uh, help manage projects, help plan for projects. Um, I've been fortunate to work at some pretty cool places but I've never had these seemingly unlimited budgets. I've had to be resourceful in, 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 in what I, you know, the, the way I proceeded in my business um, while I pushed the envelope with, with, with spending and budgets and propping up, you know, operations, um, you know, there was always a, there was always a, a do not pass sign that uh, kind of tempered, Extraordinary progress. We made great progress wherever I worked. Um, And so, so I'm, I'm, I'm using using the knowledge and and experiences that I've gained throughout my career to help others. Uh, I I, I should say that um, what I'm doing now is, is ties into really the enjoyment that I got from the profession throughout my career. And that's, uh on, only because I had wonderful people in my corner as a young man, Mike Schnowski at Madison, Ted Maddox at, at Fairfield, those 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 old timers at the Met in the Met who gave this 22-, 23-year-old guy some time. Um, you know, they were my mentors. They were they were the shepherds. They showed me how to be a pro. And um I've been very fortunate, Peter, that in in the in the 32 years I was a golf course superintendent. I I worked with 23 individuals, either assistants or interns or, you know, people of that nature that have gone on to become golf course superintendents. Um, So they had their shot. Some of them are still in the business. Uh, Some of them have other pursuits. (laughs) We got back from Phoenix. And this seems to be an annual event. Um, But we got back from Phoenix. And, and of course, a a couple of my former assistants and I hooked up and went out to dinner and – it, it was a roast you know they shredded me deservedly probably um they told stories that I can't deny things I said things I did uh, I I can't deny any of it I don't necessarily remember all of it but um but they're 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 my friends they're they're wonderful people and it was it was really cool in a career to um you know those first few years I'd call up I, I I'd make phone calls to to my to my friends my mentors to ask for advice and then at some point you know the 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 information exchange kind of shifts to a 50 50 way and when I when I began calling my my former uh co-workers for advice um I saw the the the, the full circle of professional life and it, it, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, of late, um, I've been working with Tyler Bloom. Uh, Tyler is a former golf course superintendent turned um, talent acquisition expert extraordinaire uh, on an initiative to help grow uh, our ranks, our professional ranks. It, it's no secret the the enrollment in traditional Turf management programs has been dropping like a rock. Um, there is tremendous opportunity in the profession now and for the foreseeable future. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of us gray hairs who who have left and 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 or or will leave the profession, and these are these are guys at some of the greatest clubs in the world. Uh, which you know presents opportunities for for the next generation to 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 move on up the ladder. Well, the talent pool is rather is rather shallow, and perhaps there's been I, I, we, we can we can probably spend six hours discussing why people aren't getting into the profession, um, and there's probably fifty seven reasons, and they're all valid. But the reality is. Uh, you know, it, it well, it's not too late to change, some immediate action has to be taken. Um, so, well, so the, Tyler, good, the
0: good news on one level, at least, is that certainly over the last year to 18 months, the salaries have gotten to where they should be, sure. And, you know, at the assistant levels,
1: sure. I can see, yeah, and 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 you know, good on those assistants and good on those superintendents for you know, for, for, for raising the tide. It, uh I I tried to do as best I could for my assistants throughout my career. Did I do, uh, did I do a spectacular job? Probably not. Um I never had that. I never had that. Well, you gotta, you know, you, you gotta work for peanuts because you're going to get paid someday. And I, you know, I wanted somebody, I wanted my guys to, to, um to be able to live their lives you know and not have to not have to sweat their expenses extraordinarily we all have to sweat our expenses make, make sure. no mistake um, still do <laughs> i i didn't want a bunch of indentured servants you know in the shop every morning sure so we're growing we're we're, we're, we're trying to grow we, we we are growing the 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 uh, backfill with uh what i what i call non-traditional learners um People who value on-the-job experiences and a uh, and a uh, continuing education, a formal education component to it, through internships, and uh, I shouldn't say uh, apprenticeships. So th- there's there, It's really difficult to hire an assistant superintendent today. Um, there's just the 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 need has has far outgrown the supply. So you can extrapolate that out a few years and superintendents are gonna be very challenging to find. Well, here we are in a position to be able to train uh, people who want a career path, people who, who crave uh, organization, people who um, enjoy being mentored, people who wanna learn and see golf as an opportunity, as a, as a career path opportunity. And I know there's some other initiatives along this line, but uh, Tyler and I are going to, you know, hit the ground running and, and um, try and make a change. Try and make a difference. I'm really excited about it. So that, this kind of falls into line with what I've been doing my whole career, right? Yeah. Um, only because I had only because I had uh, great teachers that I learned from. Um, I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to pass it on. And there's a business opportunity there. Make no mistake. You know, there, there's a business opportunity there. And um, that's the path I'm headed down right now. Let's fill in a couple of the blanks
0: or, or uh, finish some sure. of the stories. So to get back to sobriety, um, you were 22, 23, decided that, that was not for you. You're 59 now, I believe, right? So that's 36 years Um Congratulations, by the way. I was 65 before I realized that alcohol is not my friend. But um, how was uh, how was going through your career in this business that at times, you know, meetings and conferences and things like that can tend to, tend to be beer centric, if you will. Yeah. How was that okay. for you? Was that a continual yeah. struggle or did you get over it? Um,
1: you know what, Uh I, I guess I've been a, a rather determined individual, uh, with some measure of discipline, ultimately. Um, today the beer-centric, the, 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 the beer-centric, uh, society that we, that we lived in isn't as beer-centric as it once was, and that's probably a good thing, I think. Um. I, I I guess I could put it to you the best this way. Um, I don't take my sobriety for granted. I I've got today, and I happen to string a, a bunch of todays together. Uh, I make no commitment to myself beyond when I put my head on the pillow at night. Tomorrow's a tomorrow's a, you know, we're gonna take that when it when it gets here. Um, being around booze, being around alcohol, being around um you know part of me found it rather entertaining um to watch people have a good time not not get extraordinarily sloppy like waste management Ugh. video clip sloppy yeah. uh, I'm I, I'm blessed that um social media wasn't a thing when I was when I was in my early 20s uh in video clips and all that because I could tank a guy's career pretty quickly, you know? Um, so I, I, I don't take my sobriety for granted. I'm, I'm very protective of it. Uh, I'm, I'm very diligent on, on, um, on, on, on the, the techniques that I use to, to maintain that sobriety. I, I talk to, uh, friends and in, 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 on a regular basis, I go to meetings, um, I do what I have to do to get through today. So, did it cause for uncomfortable situations as a young man? Um, Not that I can recall is is my answer. You know, are there times where I was jonesing for a drink? Yeah, I mean that still happens, right? But it there was it wasn't anything to do with um, being in a, a. a, a, a social or professional setting, and and the libations are flowing. Uh, I was smart enough to, um, you know, when I feel squirrely, I I, I leave. You yeah. know, I the Irish goodbye and see you later. You know, and, and live to fight another day. That's excellent.
0: Um, the uh, the athletic part. You were a marathoner. You and Jennings both, right?
1: well yeah he's much more proficient than i ever was or or was much more proficient um you want to know how i got into running i was so i was a football and fraternity major i was a football player i was an offensive lineman you know i I was a big dude i i and uh gina and i were broke newlyweds just bought a house found out we're first child's on the way and i'm thinking I got to save a few bucks, and I dropped my gym membership. But I, 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 I needed to. I needed an outlet, and maybe that's part of my sobriety, right? Just blowing off steam. Um, so I started running, and I ran a mile, which was cool. You know, I ran a mile. I, I, I've always enjoyed challenges. So what's the next challenge? Well, r- run a five k, run a ten k, run a half marathon. You know, twenty six point two sounds like a pretty far distance. Let me give it a go. And, and I did it, and, and, of course, John jumps in after I – New York City Marathon was the – I shouldn't say that. I, I ran, a little, <clears throat> ran a little spring marathon in New Jersey, the Jersey Shore Marathon. It was horrible, awful, rainy, cold day. It got a little wooden medal that I treasure to this day because I did it. I, I ran 26.2 miles. I didn't set any land speed record far from it, but I finished it. I trained for it, and I finished it. So John sees what's going on, and he starts running. And he's a tremendous athlete to this day. Uh, and and you know he got the bug. And so ultimately, I ran five marathons in, in 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 a rather condensed period, which probably took some toll on my body to the point where a few years ago I had a hip replaced. Um, Did you? I, I I choose to view that as a sign of a life well lived. You know, when you have to have aftermarket parts, um, <laughs> and, and hips, honestly, and, and a, a couple of my buddies went through it before, and 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 subsequently, a couple of my friends have gone through it. Um, they're easy. They're really easy. I, I walked into work six days out post surgery. Uh, you know, with with the crutches and everything, but um, yeah. But but I I'm I'm not in pain. I'm I'm active. I'm mobile. I go to the gym. So I, I got into I got into running as a way to blow off steam and to save a few bucks because I had a child on the way, um, and then I you know again it's the challenge it's 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 a great way. it was a great way for me to um, to go on a long run and to get to know me a little bit and to solve all the world's problems you know, in a ten mile run in my head. Uh, come back with, with with plans for whatever I was facing, and 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 go take it on.
0: It's a great opportunity to think, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and um, again, it's the challenge. It's it's. I, the, I've enjoyed challenges my whole life, and here I am challenging myself in my late fifties to. Uh, to 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 reinvent myself, profession. So I remember, uh, and and
0: as I get older, I I hesitate to estimate timeframes because I'm usually off by a factor of two or three. But in any case, um, I don't remember whether I got a call or an email from you that said you had an idea or a concept or a rudimentary invention. Right. Um and you wanted a little uh advice. Advice, guidance, suggestions, whatever, about yeah. uh, about the product and how to bring it to market. And that ultimately uh became the uh green sweep original. Yeah. Right. Why don't you tell us about that a
1: little bit? It, it, we all have ideas, right? We're superintendents. We're out in the field. We're, we're working. We're seeing things. We're thinking about better ways to do things. And uh, I was very guilty of my most of my life about not writing down the idea or not following up on the idea. And uh, Trey Rogers is a dear friend at Michigan State. And I was visiting him one day and I saw this contraption. He showed me a picture of a contraption that somebody made that was similar to, to, to the original green sweep. And I thought, hmm, here's an idea. And I asked if they were doing anything with it. And the answer was no. And so I built this box with holes in it. And uh, I, I should say I had an idea. woke I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of February, whatever year it was uh and i wrote down the idea uh within 12 hours i i, I had gone to the hardware store and bought some sheet metal and, and made a frankenstein uh prototype and then with the help of my assistant at the time joel larson uh we we welded up he, he was much better welder than i am uh we welded up a, a, a prototype that fit onto a blower And of course, this is in the middle of the winter. I have nowhere to test this thing. So I'm throwing sand down in the parking lot and seeing if it'll blow it and doing all sorts of stuff. And spring rolls around. I've never been more excited to aerate in my life because here I am. I want to test my, I want to prove the concept. And what do you know? It it, it worked. Um, So the entrepreneur in me, the businessman, and and I'll go back to my dad. he was a small businessman. He was a he was a funeral director who sold the family business, 150-year-old family business, about 10 years before he passed away. So I grew up in an environment where all I did was watch this guy grind and work and and you know, we'd have the car packed ready to go skiing for the weekend as, as kids, six of us, uh, and the phone would ring. And, you know, you gotta unpack the, the station wagon and go about your lives. And we never griped about it. it, it Dad had to work, we, we didn't know any different. So I, I grew up in this environment of um, uh, of self-sustainability, right, and and here I am in a profession, very well compensated, here I am in a profession that um, that, that, that provided me with a bi-weekly paycheck that was pretty nice, uh, but I didn't, I wasn't able to scratch that entrepreneurial itch that was growing and growing <clears throat> until, I had the idea. So, yeah. it, it, I, it, you know, I, I ultimately did a production run, proved the concept, and, and sold a bunch and continue to sell a bunch. Uh, uh, Precision USA, Andy and Tom, and the whole gang down there have been wonderful partners. Um, the technology, the, the idea behind it, it, it may have run its course, but the reality is I've I've got over a thousand units out around the world and, and and I see a tweet now and again about it. And, um, it's cool. And, and, you know, selfishly it helped pay, it helped pay for some college education along the way. So you were very kind, Peter, and, and, and I owe you a great debt of gratitude. You know, you were a wonderful sounding board. You were a wonderful help. <laughs> TurfNet is a tremendous community. Um, and it's it's an incubator for for ideas. You know, it's a community that we can discuss and, and share information. And and what you were able to build, you know, going back to when we first met, here you are hawking these these uh, you know monthly flyers, right? And you're talking about the internet. None of us know what the hell the internet is. Like you're you're light years ahead of all of us in this technology. And you now here we are today. Uh, you've you you, you you've been very seemingly successful in your pursuits and, and you've been an inspiration to many of us. So I'm no dummy. I keep my head on a swivel and I look around and I, and, and uh, of course, I'm not a very shy individual and I have no very little shame. So to call somebody up like Peter McCormick or whomever throughout my career to uh, introduce myself and ask for advice, well, initially uncomfortable. Um,
0: no what's
1: reason the, it shouldn't be but right what's the worst you can say to me go go jump in the lake just get don't bother me kid okay uh, that anyway.
0: was fu- that was fun for me and it was you know i mean you're you're one of i don't know a half a dozen or eight or maybe even 10 guys that you know i've helped bring concepts. the coolest
1: part the, the, the coolest part and 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 make no mistake you've lived what i'm about to say the coolest part is that my kids who were like teenage preteens at the time um you know they're now all well into their twenties and they're adults and getting married and all that stuff, right? Um But they got to see their old man sit down at the kitchen table with some graph paper, uh, drawing up three D boxes with holes in it, and uh, <clears throat> and then and then they got to earn a little bit because I'd, I'd back the I'd back the pickup truck loaded with inventory into the driveway and paid them each a quarter, whatever the heck I paid them to. to to take them off the truck and carry it down to the basement, also known as world headquarters. Yeah, You know, we had a map. Cottage industry. Yeah, totally. And we had a map up in the, in the, in the laundry room of all things. We had a map up there and the kids would take pins and, you know, put them in each state or town and, you know, they track it. Wow, dad, cool. you got one in Arkansas. Yeah. All right. So if it inspires my kids to, to write down the idea, and that's my, that's my advice to anybody. Write down the idea. Maybe it may end up being silly and useless, but you don't know until you consider it. So write down the idea. Give it some consideration, and if if it inspires my kids someday to to uh, to write down the idea, then good on it. Then 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 the pursuit served its purpose.
0: Yeah, very parallel scenario to as you said to what um, you know I did. And with my family and my kids and my family's involvement, and you know, very much a cottage industry. And, and again, the the uh, one of the things that um, you know I'm most proud of is the fact that I could show my kids. In your case, you sat down with some graph paper. In my case, I got fired. You know, and uh, you know, my older daughter, daughter A, at the time said, uh, you know, when I came home from that conversation uh she said dad are we going to be poor now you know and uh, you know she was i don't know 10 11 years old same thing and to be able to show the kids that hey you know uh you can you can you've got two choices in that instance you can go splat or you can bounce you know and uh that's uh I'm enjoying hearing that story because th- these are some nuances that I had not heard before. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and You know, the reality, Peter, and, 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 you know, this holds true for you and, 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 and many others. Um, Failure is not an option. It just isn't. Now, does the, does the, does the road take twists and turns and do you have to figure things out to, to, to achieve some measure of success? Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: I would say complete and permanent failure is not an option, but okay. many failures along the way that cause you again to twist and turn and to learn and to tweak and to uh, you know that you know that's
1: a, a component of learning well and and I'll say this I, I've learned more from my failures than I have from my successes.
0: no doubt, no doubt
1: so. You're right. Complete failure is not an option. I, yeah. uh, I, surrendering is <laughs> surrendering is not an option. No. So
0: um, looking back, I remember I visited you one time at when you were at Milwaukee, and I think this was when our our TurfNet trip. We went to Kohler up the road, and right. um, I stopped by one afternoon. Um, and, you know, we rode the golf course and uh, sat down in the clubhouse, I think, as I recall. And, and you you mentioned one thing that um, stuck with me, jumped out at me. And you said, I tell my wife that you won't see me from May until October due to the yeah. responsibilities of the job. Yeah. Fast forward to your current self would, would just, would that still hold true?
1: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, well, I don't recall much like the stories my assistants tell. while I don't recall saying that specifically to you. I certainly can't deny it mm-hmm. because that's, <clears throat> that's where I was in my, uh, personal and professional life. Um, and then something really cool happened. <clears throat> My son started playing baseball. He was a good
0: uh, player too, right? In college also, right?
1: Patrick was a Division One player ultimately. he he uh, He's had his own trials. Uh, had to have Tommy John elbow reconstruction, which ultimately uh, it didn't work out. And he's found his path, and I'm very proud of him. Um, so Patrick starts playing baseball at five years old, whatever, you know, something like that. And um, <clears throat> I, I, so I, I'm kind of getting involved in, you know, dropping him off at practice. And the guy who was coaching at the time says, well, uh, you know, you're not just going to drop him off. We need help. So you got to help us out. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't understand. I'm a very important man and I've got responsibilities. And um I can't again I, I'm I'm very, very important. Um, <clears throat> so I, I start kind of okay, I'll help you out one day a week and da, 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 and I, I I really dug it. I really enjoyed hanging out with these five, six, seven, whatever they were, eight-year-old kids having fun. Uh you know and bubblegum bubbles in the dugout and watching my son have fun and my wife and the girls would come to the games. and <clears throat> Glendale Little League in Glendale, Wisconsin, tremendous, by the way, tremendous, tremendous baseball fields that uh, I, I helped to manage and maintain. And and, and they, they were really awful. Uh, and the league put some money into it and we they're tremendous <laughs> baseball fields today. So anyway, I get roped into... I get roped into coaching little league and this important guy, this highly important guy was forced to leave work at four 30 or five o'clock in the afternoons to go coach kids, to go hang out with kids, to go have fun, to go laugh. Um, well, that led to, uh, you know, I, I, I probably overextended and, and, I I was involved in coaching my girls. My girls played with the boys, little league and they're tough chicks and I love them. Um, they start playing ice hockey and I didn't know, I I never, I played pond hockey as a kid and I can barely skate. That's not true. I can skate reasonably well, but by age six, my kids flew past me in ability. Um, so I helped coach hockey and I did that while the girls were in high school. I would, I would be the guy in the gate, you know, just screaming at the defenseman. I I, I learned the game. I learned how to coach the game. It goes back to being a superintendent. What do we do? We're, we're coaches. Sure. Right. So this was a, again, what my, my current pursuits and what I've done. So, so yeah, I don't deny that I said that to you, Peter. And, and um, I'm not ashamed of it so much as I, partially disappointed in myself that that was my, that was my focus. So I, I found an outlet through, um, through helping others, you know, and there's some really cool stories I won't get into about, you know, kids that I coached and, 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 and troubles they were going through and how uh, and not necessarily myself, but the, the, my, my, my fellow coaches, the guys on the, co- whatever team we were coaching, you know, help some kids through some, rather disturbing times, you know, and, and good men, like really, really good men um, and women who um, <clears throat> helped me realize that, yes, my career is very important, but it's not how I necessarily want to be defined. So I, I, I leave the golf course profession and the conversation I had with my wife was um, golf golf course superintendent profession. Um conversation I had with Gina was, you know, I don't have to die and have golf course superintendent on my headstone. I just don't. Um, I'd like to be remembered for something else and whatever that something else is, you guys can define it after I'm gone. But um, is it an important part of my persona? Of course. Yeah. But it's not the whole picture.
0: Well, we should probably wrap this up uh, and perhaps continue at another juncture with your um, current initiatives with uh, apprenticeships and, and that kind of thing. Um, I will have to say that um, you are, or this conversation has been one of the most open and honest that I think I've had Um And anybody who listens to it, I hope appreciates that because it it comes from a standpoint of um, both experience, but humility, Uh, you know, realizing who you are and who you're not and that kind of thing. Uh, And and you're right that the, how many guys did you say? 23 or something that you, yeah, that you've graduated up through the Pat Sisk School of Hard Knocks, if you will.
1: <laughs> Listen, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It, it went as I hoped it would.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I, guys are guys, right? We can we can go periods of time and not talk to each other, and we pick up the conversation where we left off. And sure. um, you know, you you you've been a you've been a very important part in, in, of, of my personal and professional development. I just want to thank you for your friendship over these years. Well, that's- it's, there's a measure of humility in all of us because uh, there should be because um, I, I'll tell you a really quick story uh, and, and it has to do with humility. So I mentioned Mr. Moore, Sherwood Moore earlier on. He did two stints at Wingfoot and Mr. Moore and I became friends. And I was struggling with the eighth green at Country Club of Fairfield. And, and um, Mr. Moore happened to stop by one day and I asked him if he'd go for a ride with me and said, of course, Pat, let's go for a ride. And um, we're about halfway out to that eighth green. He says, just stop the cart for a moment. Um, Are you going to show me some dead grass? I said, yeah, I I think it's probably dead, Mr. Moore, but I would would like for you to say, I'd be happy to look at it, Pat, but you should know I've killed more grass than anybody I know. And, you know, there's a man who, you know, Old Tom Morris Award winner and and, and just a storied career of, of uh, who was humble enough to admit to a young kid that he he was the best grass killer that he knew, <laughs> uh, and so I I guess that's that's a measure of humility, right, to admit your faults and 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 to show some scars. Uh, and anybody that who escapes this business without scars or without <laughs> faults. Um, Probably didn't try hard enough. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, so I, I, I appreciate the conversation, Peter, and um, I, I'd love to do it again if you find a topic that is uh, worthy of your time. Okay, let's slam the lid on this then. Pat, thank okay. you very thank much. You, this,
0: this has been an awesome conversation. Um, thanks again to Foley and Air 2G2 for uh, sponsoring it. And um, we'll... Send you a nice, uh, a nice box of swag.
1: of well, boy. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great day, Peter.
0: Yes, thank you. Good luck uh, with your initiatives moving forward, and thanks for your friendship.
1: Likewise. Have a good day.